0: through some psalms and now we begin in the gospel of john Uh, i think somewhat appropriately here as we have read these um, this confession this morning uh, it talks about the word of god uh, the word of god how can be read by all is it uh, how is the word of god to be read and uh, the way it uses the word here is uh, probably much different than the way john uses the word here although there's certainly some similarities Uh, so as we come now let us read John 1, uh, just verses 1 through 3. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our Lord stands forever. I wonder if you have a favorite song. I wonder if you have a favorite song, and what about this song? I would be surprised if you don't. Most of us, I think, have favorite songs, one sort or another. I wonder what it is that you like about that song. Maybe it's the melody, the tune. Perhaps it's something that song says. Uh, My wife recently discovered a song uh, that... She's been obsessed with, and so we've listened to it about a thousand times over the last few uh, weeks, uh, and she likes it, I believe, because it reminds her of her grandmother. And there's something about those words that invoke the emotion for her. Now. Uh, I know many of us have favorite hymns. I love the hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. As you read those words, and Lord, haste the day when the face shall be sight, the clouds be rolled back as a scroll, the trump shall resound, and the Lord shall descend. And even so, it is well with my soul. And you get the sense of the wonder of the victory that we have in Christ, because words carry weight. They carry meaning. Words have the ability and the power to build up, or they have the ability and the power to tear down. Words, our words reveal something about us. The way we talk tells others something about us. If you happen last week we were wandering up in Iowa, and if you heard us talk, they'd be like, well, they're not from around here. Our words showed that to them. I had one point, my daughter said, why are they calling that Coke pop? Words are different. They matter. The Bible tells us, Jesus says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Well, in the Gospel of John, we see a a word here. We're told about the word. But the question we're left is, what is that word? But not only what is that word, who is that word? Because this word is personified It's given being The gospel of John is this wonderfully interesting book If you ever read through the four gospels It's completely different than the other gospels You have what we call the synoptic gospels And if you read through Matthew, Mark, and Luke There are points where you're like Well that's exactly what was said Or pretty close to what is said In one of the other gospels And John has some of that But not nearly as much In fact if you look at Aside from Mark, you have Matthew and Luke. And as they begin the, the genealogy of G, or, uh, the birth of Jesus, they start with genealogy. That's not where John starts. John is both at the same time uh, very simple and yet has great depth and complex, complexity. Uh, if I was to say to, to, the, to all y'all today, um, tell me a Bible verse you have memorized. I wonder how many people would go to John 3.16 God so loved the world. He sent his only begotten son that whoever should believe in him shall have eternal life. It's, in John, we see the simplicity of a, a verse like that, which is not as simple, I think, as we often make it. But then we see the complexity of what we see here today. In, beginning, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And, how, and you go, well, how can something be with and that thing at the same time? Martin Luther says this. This is the unique, tender, genuine chief gospel. Should a tyrant succeed in destroying the holy scriptures and only a single copy of the epistle to the Romans and the gospel according to John escape, Christianity would be saved. This is a great, wonderful gospel. And we call it the gospel of John. Uh, Nowhere in here does it say that it was written by John. Uh, Interestingly, John's name is ever mentioned in this gospel. Uh, we have this guy named the one Jesus loved or the beloved of Jesus. Um, Of the three disciples, the three closest to Jesus, Peter, James, and John, uh, John is not mentioned uh, here. Uh, But if you look at the early church fathers, you look at Irenaeus, uh, who studied under one of John's disciples, uh, he credits to John writing this while in Ephesus. Uh, Almost all of the early documents about this subject credit this letter with john and as we consider his purpose in writing this letter as we get started um, we see that it its purpose is many but i think we can narrow it down to what he says in john twenty thirty one. these are written so that you may believe that jesus is the christ the son of god and that by believing you may have life in His name, John, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is giving this gospel to us so that we might believe in the name of Jesus and have life in His name. So, as we consider all these things as we enter into our text today, we're going to see three things in these three verses: God's divine word, God's saving word, and God's word for us. God's divine word. His saving word and God's word for us. As I've already stated, if you look at the other Gospels, Matthew and Luke start much differently. In fact, I think you looked last week, I didn't get to listen to the whole of the sermon, but I listened to part of it. You looked at the genealogy in Luke. Uh, and for Matthew and Luke, as they begin to talk about the incarnation, they draw this great history of human individuals that Jesus comes from. Uh, they point to the virgin birth. John starts his gospel much differently. In fact, after you get through this first half of chapter one, he goes right to John the Baptist. He doesn't really talk at all about the early years of Jesus. But he is telling us where Jesus came from. John is giving us a theological explanation for Jesus coming into the world. In fact, as he begins in John 1 1, you should feel like you've heard this before. In the beginning, God. That's how the Bible starts, right? In the beginning, God. And yet, in the place of God here, John puts the word. In the beginning was the word. And it's not that he is replacing God with the word because he tells us the word was with God and the word was God. John places Jesus where we expect God to be to show us the deity of Christ. And his deity is seen in three ways. His eternal being. His relationship to God and his divine nature. We begin by looking at his eternal being. In the first century, there were many heresies that arose in the church. As uh, the church was forming, we had many uh, uh, controversies. You had things like, and I'm not going to tell you what these are. You can forget these as soon as you hear them. Uh, But you had things like Nestorianism and Eutychianism and... um, apollinarianism and all of these had to do with the person of jesus how do we understand jesus become man Uh, one of the most famous of these was a man named arius who uh later what he believed was taught as arianism and he said this jesus was a created being however glorious however close to god he was He was still created. He was not eternal. This was going on in the early life of the church. They were saying Jesus could not be both God and man and eternally God. Uh, We still see this today in things like Mormonism uh, and other places. But they question this. And John to this says, no. In the beginning... There was God. And there was this word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. And he argues for both. He is both with God and was God. This person, whoever this word is, has relationship with God. It was By God's word, by this word, that he brought all creation into being. And this has always been the case in the Bible. If you go and you look throughout the Bible and see how God acts, you can go to Psalm 33. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. Or Psalm 107.20, he sent out his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. John wants us to understand the eternality of this word. In the beginning was the word. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. And without him was not anything that was made. And as we continue through the gospel of John here. And we're not going to. We'll see it in the coming weeks. We find out who is that word. We see John the Baptist, who's not that word, but tells about that word. We see about that word that became flesh and dwelt among us. We see that word is nothing less than Jesus himself. This verse shows us, these beginning verses show us the personhood of the word and yet they show it within the economic uh, within the economy of the trinity when we talk about the trinity we're talking about something that's very hard to understand Uh, you're telling me how can you're telling me one thing is also three things you have one god and you have three father son and holy spirit We talked about this some in our Sunday school class this morning because there's just no way we can delve into the depths of it uh, here as we need to. But the reality is, is that we as we look at this text here this morning and and someone comes to us and says, how can you ever believe that there's three in one? And what does that even mean? If you say you believe in three, then you're a polytheist, not a monotheist. And we have to look at here and say, well, this is what the Bible tells us, that he was both God and he was with God. That he was eternal before all things. So that when Arian comes or Arius comes and says, Well, he just he is not actually God, he was created by God. We go, No, that is not what the Bible claims. Or the modalist may come along and say, Well, no, it's just God takes on different forms. He comes in different modes, and we say, No, that's not what it says here. is god is a key part of our christian confession John's point then is to identify the word as god and also as distinct from god John wants us to understand Christ's deity and the relationship to god the father in insisting on jesus divine sonship and the reason for this is that because it takes the divine son, it takes this word to bring us salvation. We know we're going to struggle with this doctrine of the Trinity. We know there's never of any way we'll fully understand it. Any analogy that we try to give of the Trinity, it's going to fall apart. They can't encompass the whole. Of what the Trinity is. It can't encompass the whole of what's being taught in our text today. But it is a key part of our confession that Jesus has always been, that he has shared in perfect fellowship with the Father before all creation, that Jesus willingly takes on this role as Son. That as Paul tells us in Philippians, he did not consider equality with God a thing to be grasped, but that humbled himself, taking on the form of a servant. The word made flesh is what we needed so that we could be reconciled to God. And this is our second point. God's saving word. Jesus is the divine word, but he is also the saving word. One of the things John does here, and we don't, we miss this if we're not familiar with our history, is tie this idea of Jesus with Greek thought of the day. Uh, Logos was something that before Jesus even came was so entrenched in Greek thinking. Around the sixth century, um, before uh, Jesus, you had philosophers like Her. I'm probably saying his name wrong. Um, And he said something like this. The world is never the same. You can't step into the same river twice. How then can there be order to the world? And his answer was the logos. It was the word or reason of God. And this fascinated the Greek mind. That there was some sort of logos out there that gave order and purpose to the world. Plato said this. It may be that someday there will come forth from God a word, a logos, who will reveal all mysteries and make everything plain. Jesus is that divine word that makes everything plain. He was, or excuse me, we are made in the image of God and only as we know God and do his will do we find meaning and joy. And we can only know God as we look at Jesus, the divine word made flesh through the inspiration or through the working of the Holy Spirit. Because we had a great problem. We were alienated from God. We were separated from God because of our sins. And the divine word, the saving word, comes and gives us the answer we need. I was reading a commentary, and there was this uh, example to to help talk about this. And I don't often take from commentaries these things, but I really liked it. It was a story of Henry Ford. Henry Ford, who, of course, built the great uh, assembly line pumping out cars, Uh, he had his line break down. And none of those who could try to work on it could fix it. And so he called in a man by the name of Charlie Steinmetz, who built the line for him. He come in, he tinkers for about 10 minutes, and he fixed it. And then he sent Henry Ford a a bill for $10,000. During that time, that's roughly about a bill for $120,000 today. And Ford kind of wrote him back and said, Don't you think that's a little much for just 10 minutes of tinkering? And so he sent him another bill back that said this ten dollars for tinkering nine thousand nine hundred nine dollars for knowing where to tinker (laughs) jesus knew how to fix the problem of this broken world because he knew where to tinker and he knew where to tinker because he made it he fixed the whole world by shedding his own blood for our sins This was the whole purpose of the incarnation on the word becoming flesh. Jesus coming and restoring order to a fallen world. We go all the way back to to Genesis and he was the word by which all things were created. As God spoke, the word did. He brought order to the universe. He orders history. He orders our salvation. He comes as the word that knows all our needs. The problem of death, the problem of sin, these are all symptoms of creation being out of order and he comes to restore that order. He understands it. He understands what we need. And the wonderful reality is this, that he doesn't come and tinker for 10 minutes and give us a bill. He come and pays the bill. Holy and completely. The bill that we owe, he paid with his own blood and brings us back into right standing with the father. What we see in this passage today is that this word who was in the beginning, the word that was with God and the word that was God, this word through which all things were made, this word through which out there was nothing out there that was made. He is God's word for us. We all reveal ourselves through our words. We all reveal ourselves through our words. You can know something about our character through our words. God is revealing himself to you. Through his word. God is revealing himself to you. Through his divine word. If you want to know what God is like. Look to Jesus. God is holy. He's compassionate. He's caring. And we see these things. And we know these things. Because of Jesus. into this world and to, to save us there's nothing more important than our relationship to him and he calls you to believe not merely in him but on him as he tells us in John 8 if you abide in my word you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free As we looked at our confession questions this morning and we said, well, it's talking about the Bible. And that's certainly true. And we look at this and we say, well, we talk about the divine word. We most often are talking about the Bible. And we say, yes, that's certainly true. But the divine word, the word of God revealed to us is so closely tied and related to the divine word that is Jesus Christ. As the Holy Spirit is working and flowing through the, the, the men who wrote these pages. It is God's word to us so that we can know about him, so that we can have life in him. Christ, the word that reveals to us God in his life, in his teaching, in his example. In all of it, we understand our relationship to God. Jesus Christ is the son of God who is both with God and who is God. He came to earth to be a light, to show us God. And so the question is this, do you know the word? Oftentimes we'll ask this and we'll, you'll think, oh, well, they're asking me if I know the Bible. Fair enough. Fair enough. But do you know this word? This word who was before all creation, who shared in this intimate, perfect relationship with God the Father and the Holy Spirit. This word who took on flesh, who became like you and like me, but without sin. Do you know this word? This word that gives life. This word that gives light. John starts here because it is such an important question. Do you know the word? Do you know Jesus? I think understanding John as we go forward, it makes John 3.16 all that more important, doesn't it? For God so loved the world that he sent his word, his only son, so that we might have life The virgin birth is important. The genealogy of Jesus is important. But this is also important. That Jesus was not merely a a baby in a manger. He was that. But also he was the divine word made flesh. He is the word by which we are saved. He is the word that brings light and life into the world. He brings us salvation. He is the logos, the one who brings order to all things, the one who restores all things, the only one who is able to do it. That's a bit of a Christmas story for you, huh? It's not the Christmas story we tend to think about it's not Jesus in a manger it is that it's the words we sung this morning oh come O come Emmanuel ransom captive Israel Jesus comes and ransoms us I love that it's always odd singing Christmas songs outside of Christmas isn't it It shouldn't be, but it feels odd. I love it, though. I love it. It's wonderful words. Because our proper response should be Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel, God with us shall come to us. And he has come to us. And if you are in Christ, then he is in you. if if you are not then come and know know this Emmanuel God with us and rejoice rejoice in what he has done for you let's pray oh father we thank you for your word not just the words we have here on page but we thank you for Jesus Emmanuel, God with us. Lord, in the coming weeks, as we continue to look in, at this unfolding of John here, and he tells us so much more about Jesus, oh Lord, would we see him and know him more and more? Oh Lord. And would you Kindle again that fire or spark it for the first time in our hearts and in our minds. A love for Jesus and all that he has done. We ask and pray this in his holy name. Amen. Amen.